All right, welcome. <laughs> no, that's not how we're starting. I just stopped uh, coughing. I know, exactly. And I'm still laughing. Welcome to our work in progress. Welcome to our work in progress. <laughs> I was caught off guard. Um, as as I as as what happens. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're a little bit anyway, loopy today. We have a special yeah. guest. Um, one of our great friends, one of our great. best friends, that best. has not been on our podcast yet, which is weird to me. Yeah. Considering kinda. he's cool and we like him. I mean, oh, I mean. Oh, <laughs> it's funny because he can't say anything yet. <laughs> is that me? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my best friend, Lucas, uh, he's... My we, best friend, Well, I guess Lucas. his, her best friend, our, our <laughs> best friend, Lucas. Jesus Christ. <laughs> our best friend, Lucas. Say hello. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Hello. What? <laughs> anyway. I didn't... Um, <laughs> nobody said welcome, thank you. <laughs> welcome to our whip. How does it feel, finally being on our work in progress? Episode 20, I think. You know, uh, oh, you're right. it, it feels it feels really cool. I've uh, I've I've been you know kind of following you guys, and I got to listen to it you know right when it started, and it was it's just been such a cool project that you guys have been working on for such a long time, uh, that I think is awesome. I'm really behind in episodes right now. I've been I've been listening to them to try to catch up over the past <laughs> couple too, weeks, so too. I probably won't even listen to this episode, <laughs> and uh, for like a while. Uh, but yeah, That's no, okay. it's. It's awesome. Um, this is just such a cool thing that you guys are doing, and I'm excited to uh, get to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you for being on our podcast. Um, it's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it's taken us so long to bring you on here. You're one of our bestest friends. Ever. Um, ever. Ever. Forever. <laughs> it's because um, this is the only topic that I know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've all been friends for a few years now. Well, yeah. you guys longer than than myself and then you guys but yeah i've been friends but, with you guys you know. for a while yeah anyway this isn't about our friendship no one cares this about isn't. our friendship no one cares about us <laughs> this is about D D. but <laughs> first sheridan what did you what did you do last week i'm just curious <laughs> um this past <laughs> week i've basically just been doing oh god what have i been doing i guess oh i had playoffs last week I think. I'm pretty sure I had playoffs last week. What have I done this week? Yeah, I had playoffs this past weekend on Saturday. Um, we did not make it to the top eight, but oh. we did have a lot of fun. I think we made 19th out of, like, probably 30 of us. I don't know. That's cool. Um, but it's really exciting. That's we so did really well, and proud of my team. Um, I'm the social media manager at FSU, or not of FSU, of FSU Esports. <laughs> of all of Big FSU. wig in here. <laughs> no, of FSU, uh, Esports at FSU, um, and we have a live stream tomorrow, April 19th, not to date our podcast episode or anything, but, um, just been doing school, I'm, finals are coming up soon, so I have a lot of projects and papers and all that. Mateo. Or yeah. Lucas. 
either one of you. What have Let's you go. done hey, this Lucas, past week? Lucas, Lucas what, did you, you, what did you do What did you do this last week? Uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what was the last thing? Okay. What did you do? Um, so this week has been, uh, it's it's been a week for me, you know. It, I, I've been doing a lot of things that have been wrapping up over this past week for the semester. Um be that whether that be you know uh, actual business involvement type things like clubs and such or whether that be games um, you know as we will talk about later in this podcast uh, I run a uh, D&D 5th edition game um, that Mateo plays in and we got to yeah. wrap up our final session last night and it was oh it was a fun time um, but we'll get into that later um, I also got to wrap up. I played this board game with the uh, board members of the uh, Modern Board Gamers Guild, which is a club here at the college that I am the treasurer of uh, here at the college I go to, Grand Canyon University. Um, we, uh, the, the board members have been playing with one of the cl- uh, professor's sponsors, this game called Imperial Assault. It's like a Star Wars campaign game. It's kind of like D&D, uh, except it's a little bit less, you know, it, we're not making our own characters, we're not, it, it, we're playing as characters that exist in the Star Wars universe, or were written yeah. for the purpose of the game. Um, but anyway, uh, it's also less roleplay and more just mechanic and battle and uh, that stuff. Um, but anyway, it, it was a lot of fun. Um, we did our last meetings, did our last board game, actual club board game night uh, for the semester, um, yeah, basically just a lot of that, a lot of trying to wrap up, uh, the semester as strong as possible academically, but, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much been my week. A good week, it nice. sounds like. Yeah. Mateo, what did you do last week? So, you know, not much, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, of course I, I, I worked, uh, I mean, the probably the highlight of the week was the end of the campaign yesterday. Um, oh, I, I, I will say one thing I did do uh, this last week is, um, on like, I think it was Sunday or Monday, I woke up with a sore throat, so that was cool. Um, as you might, might be able to hear, I'm kind of hoarse. Um, my voice is kind of not super strong right now, but yeah, um... That's uh that's about the most interesting part of my week, really. I mean, yesterday I woke up early and and uh, kind of ate breakfast outside and like watched the sun that's come fun. up. Yeah, I I like I'm like a I'm a morning person, but I just never go to sleep early enough to to be able to be yeah. comfortable waking up in the morning. But I like being up when before the sun comes out, and I like the crisp morning air and all, and all that stuff. So I don't know. It was it was a really it was really fun. Nice, uh, a relaxing time. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. So, as Lucas mentioned already, today we're going to be talking about D&D. Um, and for those of you who don't know what D&D is, D&D is Dungeons & Dragons. The um, coolest game ever. Yeah, does anyone want to like explain it briefly? Because I don't know if I'd do it justice. Lucas, you're the DM here. Go yeah, ahead. I would love to. Um, <laughs> D&D is a tabletop role-playing game um, that can have moving pieces and a board depending on the campaign, but for the most part, it is theater of the mind. Um, all of the players get to create their own character in this fantasy setting or in whatever setting uh, you want, but the game provides for a fantasy medieval setting. 
Um, you can play as all types of different classes, known pretty commonly throughout different types of fantasy lore. You can play, you know, wizards, rogues, clerics, whatever you want um, that sounds fun to you. You get to write your character's backstory and basically live out being a hero in this world. Um, so the entire party, may, they make their characters, they play as their characters, and then one person, the DM, uh, which is short for Dungeon Master, uh, is basically the person running all of the characters the, that the party will run into. You know, they're basically, uh, in video game speak, they would basically function as the game's engine. Um, and they would, uh, I don't know if that's correct in terms of how video games work. I'm not smart about that. Um, but anyway, uh, they basically, they would run all the NPCs, they would play all the enemies, and they would help guide the party through the world, hopefully. Um, you know, you, you typically don't want someone that's railroading too much, which, uh, I, I have been guilty of a few times during our campaign, but... Uh, it's, so we had a limited time to, to actually yeah, do it. Yeah, that was so that you was just that was a big on part track. Of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, uh, that was uh, that's that that's basically what D and D is. It's it's a game of the mind where you can do whatever you want. If you want to have an epic combat, ep- epic legendary <laughs> battle, the DM can make that. If you want to literally just enjoy the world, I've played D and D games where like we just went to basically a casino in that setting and played card games and rolled dice and, and that's fun too that. you can do whatever you want and that's the that's beauty awesome. of D. I would l- oh, I actually love that yeah. idea um lucas so was uh was my dungeon master for for that campaign yeah isn't that right so i was indeed <clears throat> that's yeah. very exciting um i think we should talk a little bit about how each of us got into D. we actually all kind of got into D at the together. same time yeah together yeah before yeah. branching out. Um, so the first time I really learned about D&D was probably in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. It's always, like, the nerd thing in all of the movies, <laughs> like, that stereotype. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty cool, and I ended up watching Critical Role, which is oh, this, I love it. like, D&D campaign on YouTube and whatever other platforms they're on, I'm not really sure. Um, but then... I really wanted to do D&D with our friends, um, like our friend group. There are about, I think there's six of us. Mm-hmm. I think there's six of us. Um, yes. But yeah. we all go to different schools and live <laughs> in different places, so it ended up not exactly working out for all of us, but we have our own campaigns in our respective areas of the United yeah. States. I'm in Florida. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, But I thought today would be really nice to talk about some D&D stories, maybe some funny ones, some sad ones, whatever you desire, Um, and just talk about our experience. But Lucas, Lucas, how'd you get into D&D? Yeah, um, I would love to kind of talk about it. So D&D, actually, my my search for D&D on campus kind of gave me the friend group I have today and my college experience. Um, which, uh, I'll get into that a little bit more later, but, uh, okay, so, the way that I got into D&D was the same way as, uh, Sheridan, you know, Sheridan was pushing for our friend group to start D&D, which I loved, and I was super excited, um, and I think, uh, when, when she started talking about it, I was like, yo, wait, that's a super cool idea, let's absolutely do that, um, and so, uh, because of that, we were able to kind of start running, we, we played this, uh, you know, we got together twice over winter break. The first time we just spent making characters because we all underestimated how long it would take for a oh, group yeah. of 
uh, people yeah. who had never made characters to make characters. Yeah, we had no. Um, I had no we idea. We stayed until like there three like, a.m. I. I would. I wish I yeah. still had that character sheet so I could go back and look at how many fucking goofs there were. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, For sure. But yeah, we stayed up pretty late. We we got to play one short session um, in which we really just got a, a small taste of what D and D was. Everybody, including our dungeon master, was new. The only person that wasn't absolute first timer was our friend Steven. Um, and then, yeah, we didn't really get to play much more than that, and so that left me with a hunger to actually experience what it's like to play this game. Um, and so I, I went yeah. to my school and I started searching around. I went to uh, what's basically like, I don't know how to describe it, I don't know how they would describe themselves, but I would basically call it the nerd club. Um, in the love, in the most loving way possible, I am a huge nerd. Like I, I, I view the word nerd as a good thing. Um, oh, for sure. Like uh, it's it's this club. That's called... just what it is, though. Yeah, it's cool. This... People don't exist. Nerds it's... rule the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's this nerd club called Decram. I went to it, started looking for uh, people that would be willing to play a D and D campaign, and uh, through that, I ended up meeting. A lot of different people, as well as meeting people uh, through the board game club I now run that were interested in playing D&D on the side. And I, I met uh, one of my per, uh, current closest friends at, at college through that, who was my first DM, and uh, met a whole lot of different people that uh, would later end up being being very good friends. And we played a eight-player campaign, which was uh, freaking insane, but it was it was a fun time. Well, seven-player plus the DM. Um, yeah. Didn't, was, didn't that campaign only have one uh, one session? <laughs> no, 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 no. We we it, it the sessions were pretty hard to plan because of the fact that there were seven people. We didn't get to yeah. you know play once weekly, but we actually did keep it up for about half the semester, which is impressive oh, really? for that that okay. uh, size. Yeah, and That's then awesome. after that, it kind of became once every other week, and then whenever we could. And uh, yeah, we we did play out like uh, a short campaign's worth of. Uh, content, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was an interesting time. Mateo, how'd you get into D and D? Um, so that that well, the D and D campaign that we keep talking about that never really actually happened, the one where we had the one session. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I'd really never thought like I had come up. A, on um i th- it might have been critical role um on twitch like they were the number one watch twitch channel or they were on the front page of twitch or something like that and i was like wow this is really interesting um and so i watched it for a bit and i was like all right so it's it's a lot it's a lot cooler than i thought because in my head before it was kind of like like I don't know if I would just not really enjoy it and be awkward or whatever. Um, and I still was kind of not curious about uh, that kind of stuff. So when when Sheridan was talking about making a campaign with uh, our, our group of friends and everything like that, um, I was like, all right, yeah, I mean, I'll give it a shot. I mean, but I, I had no idea what I was doing. and um, And then the first campaign I actually did... Um, Lucas was in that campaign as well. It was over the summer, this last summer. Oh, that was um, a fun one. Yeah, it was. A, that was a really fun one. It was. It was like uh, how many? There was two, four, uh, six five, people, including the DM. Six. I think no, seven yeah. people, including the DM. Seven, including the DM. Yeah. yeah, and that was really fun. Like, 
I I kind of wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did, and my pretty much the first character I ever played, um, and I I I gave him such a like unique personality, and I tried to do it again for this last campaign, and I I think I kind of missed the mark. Uh, I think the character is fun after he developed a little bit, but I, I wish I'd put more time into thinking about him. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 how I got in D and D anyway. Sweet. Sweet. Um, I've been in... I didn't mention the campaigns I've been in. Um, I've been in two D&D groups. The first one, I kind of just... I had this friend group that I made, um, like, the first week of school in game committee. And yeah. we went to a bunch of events together, and then we were like, hey, let's make a D&D group, because one of my friends was a DM. And that was really fun. We had people come in and out of that group. I think they were, like five or six of us i'm not really sure maybe less um but that wasn't weekly we just had like a few sessions and then at some point around like winter break it kind of just stopped because like it was winter break and then we just never picked it up again um some people left the friend group etc but at the beginning of this semester we decided to make an esports D group and so we posted in the esports Discord, and we were like, hey, who would be interested in playing D&D? Um, and so it's, I believe, five of us and our DM, so that makes six. Half of us are League players, and half of us are Hearthstone players. Um, and uh. it's really fun. Our DM's pretty awesome. And um, I actually had a character die, which we'll talk oh, about right. later. And I got to make a completely new character who's way better and I like her way more but I thought it'd be nice if we talked about some some of our D&D stories if you have any funny ones or sad ones oh so many um, <laughs> I have a really great one from my first like real session of D&D &D. Um, I'll just transition into it so I was playing right. a rogue elf I think or an elf rogue um, I feel like that's pretty stereotypical but just one of those things, and I don't know. Everyone's an elf, I found. Like, everyone in our group was an elf for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was really strange, but... The horde of elves. Yeah, so we, we arrived at this town, and there was, like, a church. Oh, and by the way, let me just mention that my DM made this story up all by himself. It was really awesome. Ooh, um, good homebrew. Yeah, homebrew it was, it was really awesome. So... <laughs> <laughs> he created this story and so we kind of like split off into two teams um there were two people and then two i guess there were four of us so i split off with my friend brian um and the other two went off on their own and we wanted some information we were sent there to retrieve something or find out some information i don't remember but we decided to go to the church because we were like, oh, there's a church here. Let's see if we can find out any information. Religious people yeah. are nice. They'll give us information. And there was yeah. a deacon there. And he was being kind of cryptic. And he was like, oh, well, you have to pray to whatever whatever God that our DM chose. And it was just kind of kind of sketchy. And yeah. I was like, oh, I want to, like, stab him and, like, intimidate <laughs> him. For information. <laughs> so my DM says... <laughs> my DM says, okay. As one okay. does. 
He goes, roll to hit. I roll a natural 20. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. And then I roll for my dagger. I'm pretty sure I was I was holding a dagger. No, I had something. I had, I had a sword or something. Um, oh, dang. And, like, I rolled, and he goes, you decapitate him. And I was like, uh, and my DM, like, looks down at the table for a moment, and I'm like, what? What's wrong? Like, I know I killed him. That was an accident. What's wrong? And he goes, he was supposed to be the boss at the end. (laughs) So, within the first 10 minutes of our campaign, I had already killed the boss, by accident, because I just wanted to stab him for information. So trust um, Sheridan's instinct. Anyone she has a violent instinct against, in, or a violent instinct against in D and D, probably Definitely. the boss. That's so good. Definitely, and like as a result of that, um, he like added something. He added like these crystals into the mix, and these crystals, like when I rolled, um, I think it was a perception check. I'm not sure. One of the checks, um, I rolled a natural one. And so instead of detecting that it was, like, bad magic, I was like, no, this is amazing. We have to keep it. It's going to save the town or something like that. And I was just crystal crazy about it. Um, <laughs> and it created a lot of conflict for our group because, like, other people in the in the party, like, rolled for perception, rolled a perception check, and they were like, oh, no, this is bad. But they had to convince me that it was bad. But I wanted to hang on to it forever. Yeah. It was It was really funny. It was a really great first session. Um, I'll never forget that. That was kind of amazing. <laughs> and just just to, to like clear it up too, if you don't know, um, when she's like saying she got like a nat twenty or a nat one, like you roll twenty sided dice for these checks. Yeah. Um, and like if you get an, a twenty, that like you rolled the highest number on the dice, it's a natural twenty, um, without any kind of uh, modifiers for it. Right. That's that's a critical hit. That's so a that's critical a- hit. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, then that one is the opposite of that. Criticalness. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah. And and that's like the nat 20, if you don't succeed with a nat 20, your DM shouldn't have made you roll uh because that's the highest possible roll you can get type thing. Yeah. So like in a non in a non-combat scenario, typically a nat 20 just means uh it, it's not always taken to be a critical success, but uh right. you know, I like to play a lot of DMs like to play that in non-combat it's still you do really well. And then natural one, you don't get to add your modifiers even if you had modifiers that added to like 25. The fact that you rolled a natural one means you're going to fail. That's yeah. Kind of, yeah. And oh, that yeah. again varies by DM, but that's just kind of typically a uh common house rule type yeah. thing. And that yeah. was the first natural 20 I rolled in D&D ever. Like that was just the first one I rolled and I killed the boss. To murder a priest. Awesome. <laughs> yep. It was kind of really awesome. I do like to chop <laughs> things head off and then yell, "Tell me where it is." <laughs> 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 oh my god! Awesome. Yeah, and, and you know, those those just kind of game breaking moments are always so hilarious as the party. Uh, and and you know, for the DM, it's like you laugh, but it's like, oh god. Um, no, I have to rewrite this. <laughs> my my first campaign ever. Uh, well, my first like campaign that that lasted um, was a you know that seven person campaign, and we. 
We're going through this town, uh, basically trying to figure out what was up because this town was brainwashed. We ended up getting to the final dungeon, finding out that uh, the people brain or the person brainwashing them was this uh, snake necromancer that was claiming to be uh, a goddess of death. Um, in reality, it was just a half-human, half like almost like Medusa, but like instead of snakes coming out of her hair, it was like the the lower half of her body was a snake. Um, and it was like a really big one. Like, like she would, uh, I think the DM ended up describing like it, the, the tail would hold her like six, six or so feet off the ground. Like big boy snake. Um, so we get there, uh, (laughs) and the DM tells us that there's writing in this dungeon's walls, uh, in a language we can't understand. And, uh, our, our ranger, one of our two rangers, we had two rangers, um, looks at the DM and says, what language is it? And he's like, what? You can't understand it. And she goes, no, what language <laughs> is it? And he goes, uh, all right, it's abyssal, which is the language of demons, by the way. There's no reason a ranger should be able to speak abyssal. However, um, she thought it would have been funny uh, to meme and pick abyssal at the start of the game. <laughs> <laughs> So she was like, great, I can read and speak it. And he was like, all right, fine, you read the walls. Uh, And so, like, she read whatever it was on the walls. We finally get to the encounter, and this snake goddess necromancer thing starts talking to us in Abyssal, and our ranger responds in Abyssal. And he goes, oh, my God, all right, you got to roll a persuasion check here. And she rolls really well, and uh, basically, because of the fact that she spoke that language uh, got the and the dungeon like the the campaign end boss to say okay you're clearly someone that I can work with you're an ally she was like jump into the water because we were in this like boat in the middle of a lake uh, in the middle of this underground lake uh, jump into the water and you will be safe and she was like eh nah uh, <laughs> so then our bard goes hey 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 how attractive would you say this snake lady is? <laughs> DM goes, I don't know, average? And he goes, I want to seduce. Rolls really well. Seduces the campaign boss, who's then like, jump into the water and you will be safe and we can raise a family together. Uh, he goes, nah. And so now we've had, our party has denied this boss twice. Um, her, her, her ego is hurt. Um, but anyway, that's not really the, the game breaking part of it. The game breaking part of it is the setup of this fight was meant to be, uh, in this lake that we were in, there was like these snake people, um, or these like underwater fish snake people called Sehwagans that were like semi-intelligent, that were people turned into these enemies, uh, that were basically serving as her army. And the, the fight was supposed to work on a mechanic where we would fight her for a while. She would retreat. And, uh, after she's taken a certain amount of damage, she would retreat and like heal herself while her snake fish thing army attacked us. Um, and we would have to defend against that because, um, it was the only thing keeping us alive. And we had a wizard in our in our boat, by the way, who was, like, uh, casting a protective charm that was, I think, letting us... No, it, that, or that was... It was a shield. It was a shield. Um, and I'm sorry. I'm taking a long time to tell the story. I'll, I'll uh, okay. <laughs> move through it a little quicker. But, um, so we deal... Uh, the, we roll initiative for this fight to start. And the, uh, the boss rolls 
last in initiative, which is never good. Um, because especially in a party with, you know, seven players dealing damage because that she's going to take potentially seven hits before her turn. Uh, and so she takes all these hits, uh, one of, every single one of us lands our hits, by the way, which was like surprising because that was the first attack roll I had actually succeeded on all campaign. Um, and, uh, one of our people even threw a butter knife at her and rolled a nat 20 so he had it had it worked um <laughs> he, it, like threw it like a throwing knife um and she had taken so much damage by her turn that she had to retreat without attacking us at all um and then as soon as the snake army started attacking us our ranger looks at our dm and says hey 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 what language is she giving the order to this snake people in <laughs> he goes abyssal <laughs> she's just okay i want to use abyssal to convince them that i am actually the real snake person or i am the real person giving orders and he's like all right roll persuasion and she or roll deception and she rolled really well um at some point in this she gets a nat 20 i just can't remember where it is uh, i just remember she succeeded on all these checks so she gets she rolls really really well so now the snake army isn't even attacking us at all um, <laughs> because she's convinced him. So he's, she's taken out an entire mechanic of this fight. Um, and then she, on her next turn, you know, the, the, the roll, it rolls around. We're all stuck in this boat. There's not really much else we can do until the enemy comes back. It rolls around. Uh, the enemy comes back and she says, okay, I want to convince the snake people to attack her. <laughs> like she's the fake and I, uh, and you, and I want to attack her. So, uh, she rolls and she fucking succeeds i i didn't understand how but she did it um wow and so she uh yeah so basically they they swam they swarmed her we're all level ones which is like you do like maybe 12 damage if you're absolutely like if you're super lucky in a turn uh this thing did like i think 30 or 40 damage um <laughs> And then after that, since there was no longer a snake army attacking us, our wizard gave us water walking boots, so our barbarian was able to run up to where uh, the boss was and cut her in half in one <laughs> And it was just, oh man, it was supposed to be this super intense, super <laughs> cool fight that a ranger just ruined, and it took three rounds to completely <laughs> end. And oh my gosh, it was... That's the awesome. DM was broken. The DM was like so, just like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's super funny. That is super funny. <laughs> Always check your party's languages. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So I, yes. I, uh, I had. So I'm, I'm just gonna tell us like last night. Okay. Yeah, let's so, hear it. So. Last night we uh we were um f like fight fighting our way through this like castle basically uh well no it turned it into a volcano. Hey, uh, we if I could just give a, a real quick disclaimer, uh, we were playing through the Horde of the Dragon Queen campaign written by Wizards of the Coast, uh, and I homebrewed the end to be more of like a uh, Rise of Tiamat because the Horde of the Dragon Queen is a two-part uh, campaign. Um, to be closer to the Rise of Tiamat ending, so if you're playing that and you don't want spoilers, there's your disclaimer. All right, go ahead. Well, I, I'm I'm not gonna go through the entire story. I'm just gonna go to like the like the last few fights, right? Okay. All right, yeah. So, so we ended up um, here and like holy shit, Tiamat 
is uh, is about to be awoken, and um, we have uh, these two people who turn into like drag, like uh, what are they, young dragons? Young dragons, yeah, yeah. And so I have this blue young dragon in front of me, and um, as a level fifteen uh, paladin, I could use. I had an extra attack, and. Um, I also was able to uh, use one of my abilities to have advantage on attack rolls um, for two straight rounds. Oh, and for for one of my for one of my attacks, I did like uh, I put an ability on my my silver great axe, so I could it would just do extra damage. So for both attacks, even with advantage, on two rounds, like two rounds back to back. I did no damage to this young dragon. It was quite unfortunate. <laughs> I I think most of the rolls I checked like on or below, like the pass, right? Yeah, you you were rolling. He rolled three times, uh, one below the the check he needed. And oh boy. So, that fight ends like that 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 dra- like I didn't have any hand in that fight because now Tiamat's awake, and we have to fight. Tiamat, who is weakened from the fight for, like, flavor, basically make it possible. Yeah, she's a, she's a <laughs> dragon, an evil dragon goddess. Um, at full strength, no, no party could defeat that strong of an enemy, so I had her fight the good dragon uh, god until she was weakened. Exactly. To make her killable. Yeah, so... Um, and and then who was it under underneath it? That was the summoner, right? The summoner. Yeah, or the the, the summoner. So the summoner. Um, I think I had missed him one round, right? Yeah. And then um, but I had used a, a, uh, I think I had used like, I don't remember. I used an ability on him, um, and I had a bag of tricks that uh, I so basically you roll a d8 and then a random animal you you can just spawn a random animal and I got a giant <laughs> goat <laughs> now keep in mind the the spell I put on my great axe is is uh it's good until I hit someone with it so it's been like so long and I still have my great axe super powered up we've been in and out of initiative and um now I uh the next turn uh I think I whiff again and then the next time comes around but he's still alive and no one's attacking him because everyone's been attacking Tiamat. So I go to him and I finally hit him with like a shitload of damage because I had like uh I used uh uh I used smite, what is that? Um third level. You use Divine uh, Smite at third Divine level. Divine Smite, yeah, at third level, um, which gives me an additional 4d8 of damage. Um, which is a lot. Plus, uh, plus, I think I got two more from someone, two more d8 from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got him down super, super low with just one hit. And then, um, but then it was my goat's turn. <laughs> he did, in, in his turn, before his goat went, he did somewhere around like 50 or so damage. Oh, yeah, and so it was my goat's turn. My goat, <laughs> when he, when she hits, does two d 
what is it two d four? Two d four, yeah. But then I had a radiant ability from me. They gave me another d four, and then I, I someone else was able to give me like another d four. So now uh, I had like critical. Oh yeah, that's right. Roll. Oh yeah, that's right. I nat twentyed on on the attack roll. So my goat rolled for attack and rolled a nat twenty. So I doubled the. The, the, the uh, D4, so I had 4 D4. Plus I got two more, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I did just enough damage to kill him <laughs> with my giant goat charging <laughs> into him. There's, <laughs> That's there's so silly. Demon, there's, there's, there's demon dragon goddess summoner with... That that was like a challenge rating, I think nine or ten, which is pretty high in D and D for those that are familiar with the system. Uh, was ended by a giant goat. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Oh man, it I was love a, that. It was fun. You know, and <laughs> the the beauty of D and D is that it can be anything you know you want it to be. So it can be this epic fight, which is what I, I I turned kind of the end of our campaign into, or it can be something where you just go around and you meme. You know, the first character I ever made. Uh, when when in in this campaign with Mateo and Sheridan was the uh, uh, rock gnome, um, and rock gnomes have the ability to basically start with one trinket that they want that can or that can be <laughs> one of a few things. I chose I chose a music box, um, and what a music <laughs> box does is it'll play one song once you open it uh, from beginning to end, and it'll either end when the song's over or when someone takes an action to close it. So I decided. And it's a free action, by the way, to open it for me. Um, I decided I was going to make my music box play uh, Britney Spears' (laughs) Toxic (laughs) every time I opened it. And I would just keep opening it and then playing it on my phone and waiting for someone else in the party to close it. (laughs) I remember that. And that is the brilliance of the game. It can literally be anything. Oh, my gosh. In the same vein as, like, small... I guess... This isn't really a trinket, but, like, in items, I guess. Um, So, for some of your spells, it requires having a material item. And so, our wizard, question mark? Who has wild magic? Is that a wizard? Uh, That's a sorcerer. A sorcerer. So, we have a sorcerer in our group. And by the... By the... By the way I said wild magic, I, f- I have a feeling some of you know where this is going, but... <laughs> so, so we're at the part in our, in our um, campaign where we finished part one, which had us save this one guy, and now we have this um, tavern that we live in. Um, this is the Waterdeep campaign. I don't know the full name of it, but if you look it up, it's called the Waterdeep campaign, something like that. Um, so we're in part two. We have this tavern, and we spend this entire session learning how to make alcohol, um, getting supplies, <laughs> trying to get our tavern up, and, like, make it look as pretty as it did when it was running. Um, so it's kind of just exploring the world, talking to people, all that kind of stuff. And so we have this one character. He's a dragonborn. His name is, like, a bunch of random letters, but we call him Tim. Because not all of us can speak Dragonborn. I can speak Dragonborn. And <laughs> so can he, but no one else can. So we just call him Tim. And he is intelligence 7, by the way. <laughs> but his strength is like 18 or 19. Um, and so he's just itching for combat. He's like, 
come on, I want some combat. We've been, like, going around the town, talking to the carpenter, talking to all these people. I just want to fight somebody. And so our sorcerer had gone during this <laughs> during this session to some sort of shop to buy a diamond for 50 for 50 gold pieces so he could cast a spell. Um so he gets his diamond and then our party kind of just finishes like gathering supplies and we're trying to find out how to get money now cuz we want to rebuild the tavern, we want to have the like landscape look nice. But this all costs a lot of money. And we don't have a lot of money because we're poor. Because we spent our money. I don't know on what, but... Also, we didn't get any money from our previous quest. He just gave... The person who gave us the quest gave us a house. Which is fine. But we need money. So one of our party members, our... I want to say... I don't know what class he is. But he goes off and starts talking to this person from this shop and gets into contract killing so we now have some sort of like assassin for blood money type of thing character conflict that none of us knew about yet so he was gone (laughs) so four of us are walking down the street like hanging out trying to get back to the um, tavern and we come across this alley where someone is screaming for help because they're getting mugged by two bandits and this like bandit chief kind of dude and so we're like okay we'll help so we like run in and we start fighting this like war this bandit chief like he's really big and he has a lot of health um and so (laughs) a few of us get hits off of him and then our sorcerer says i want to cast this orb thing and so we're like okay so he rolls and he misses (laughs) <laughs> but every time he casts a spell, he has to roll the dice, he has to roll a d20 for wild magic, because he doesn't have complete control over his magic yet, he's level he's level 2 now, but he yeah. doesn't have control over his magic yet. So he's, he's done this every single time he's cast a spell. This time, <laughs> he rolls the <laughs> dice, and he rolls a natural 1, oh, which no. means that... <laughs> Some wild magic is about to occur. And the day before, we were we had been driving back from from a LAN event, and we were talking about this D and D campaign. And someone in the in the part, uh, someone in our car mentioned, "Oh, it'd be really funny if he, your sorcerer accidentally cast fireball on your party." We're in an alleyway in in the campaign. And man's just rolled a natural one. Oh no. And he rolls the percentage die. Oh no. And it's a seven. And our DM looks in the chart, and number seven is cast a fireball. Level four fireball. Oh my god. On your on yourself. Oh no. In this alley. Oh no. <laughs> so we oh, all have to god. roll to see if we take full damage or half damage. I roll a natural one. Oh no! <laughs> oh boy. And so every after oh, everyone no. else rolls, like only half of us are gonna take half damage. Um, man's rolls for damage. He rolls a twenty-nine. Oh. A twenty-nine for damage. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> which, which usually should end in a TPK, which is a total yeah. party kill. Yep. But our DM is just staring. He's just watching in horror as our sorcerer counts up the <laughs> counts up the damage. And so I pull up on my computer Fireball by uh, Pitbull, Mr. Wo- Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> and I play the song. So all of us are knocked out. Um, because we forgot that I'm a tiefling, which means I have resistance to fire damage. And I'm the cleric. So we all forgot. We all just kind of, that's where we ended the, the session. We just <laughs> cast a level four fireball on ourselves. So that's where we ended the session, and we're all kind of pissed. We're all kind of mad, because we're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> we were doing really well until that one part of the session where we had combat. Oh and I get a text. God. I'm at dinner, and I get a text that says, oh my god, you're a tiefling. Your character's a tiefling, so you're not unconscious. And I was like, oh my god. Thank god. And then, then he was like, oh, you only take half the damage. Which half the damage was like a lot still, but yeah. So you were knocked out. I no, I wasn't knocked out. I was perfectly fine. But it was actually, <laughs> it was really funny. But <laughs> it was really frustrating. Slaughters at your entire party. <laughs> yeah, we ended up getting arrested afterwards. So. <laughs> What you detonated a fireball in the in the in the alley and you didn't or and you got arrested? We got arrested Dude. because two two people died. It wasn't in our party, but like two people died for no reason, and like that was part of the rules of the town. It was like no killing without reason or something like that. Oh yeah, Waterdeep's so legal code is incredibly strict. You can you can yeah. go to prison just for drawing your weapon. Oh, for sure. So we got arrested, but we didn't go to jail. They just had guards like set up outside of our outside of our tavern. But it was really funny. <laughs> it was kind of the most hilarious thing ever. That's fantastic. That really <laughs> oh yeah. <funny. laughs> yeah. So and... now our sorcerer is really careful whenever he casts spells. Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine. It's that's probably, another. It's probably for the best. Yeah, <laughs> and that's another one of the coolest parts of D and D is that it, it, it's it's you know you can do your best, you can train your skills as much as you want, but at the end of the day, a lot of the time you will be at the mercy of the dice. Uh, oh, <laughs> I remember. Without a doubt. Um, without a doubt. I had this character that on paper was supposed to be so good. Uh, his name was Talvin Stormblade, which um, was a little bit of a meme because uh, when I was creating the character, I was looking up like elven root uh, syllables and what they mean. And Talvin meant blade storm. So his name was Blade Storm Stormblade. <laughs> um, That's really funny. <laughs> uh, and so uh, he was a rogue, and uh, rogues are, like, really good at low levels. Um, they're skill bunnies, which means they can have proficiencies in a lot of things. They can have expertise, which doubles your proficiency bonus. Uh, basically, he can have a lot of bonuses to a lot of different traits. He can have really good skills. My one dump stat uh, when I was rolling because I needed, you know, I had a really bad roll that I needed to put somewhere, I put it in strength because rogues don't need strength for the most part. They can replace it with dexterity in a lot of the times that a typical player would need it. Um, I 
was uh, I this was when we were in that same town when we were trying to figure out uh, basically what was going on with the town. We knew they were being brainwashed. We didn't know why. I got this serum that could potentially cure brainwashing, and I couldn't convince this brainwashed guy to drink it. And so I thought, and, and this guy's this guy's a fisherman, by the way, so he's sitting on the end of a pier. Um, I thought, okay, you know what? I would like to, like, feign like I'm leaving, turn around, and then, like, pin him and, and force the drink into his mouth to try to fix his brainwashing. So I had to roll a strength check. Worst character in the party to roll a strength check. Um, <laughs> and I roll so badly. I can't remember uh, what I rolled because it's been like over a year, but oh man, I rolled so badly. And I looked at him and I, and I looked at everyone else in the party and I was just like, I'm sorry guys, I tried. The DM <laughs> says, okay, so you approach him. You grab his shoulder and try to force him down. And instead of that happening, he grabs your arm and flips you over him into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just one of of many, many failures in which this character who was supposed to be so good on paper, oh my gosh, I failed at literally almost everything. Stealth checks, which I have, uh, like, I had, like, plus, I think, like, eight on, which is a, a ton at first level. You typically only have plus two, three, or four. Ooh, you only have, um, you have plus eight? Yeah, so with with expertise, you get to double your proficiency modifier, so I got plus four from that and then plus four from my dexterity skill. Um, so plus eight total, and then I was... Uh, I, I would uh, The rogue main mechanic, for those of you who aren't familiar with D&D, is uh, they get sneak attacks in which, first of all, they're really good at stealth, and any time they have stealth, they get to roll extra damage on the attack um, in addition to when you, when you have... A, a sneak attack happening on an enemy it's uh you typically get advantage as a regular player but then rogues also get extra damage um and so i kept trying to use that and i kept falling one short so i would be like the dm posed it like i would just be like an inch away from actually landing the hit when they'd be like what <laughs> <laughs> and i would lose the stealth and miss the attack anyways oh man uh, just a, a a series of failures that resulted in me being so ecstatic when in the final boss I shoot my bow and I land one arrow on the final boss and I was like I did something <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that that's just awesome. one of the many many things that I absolutely love about this game definitely have you guys had like characters die before I have not and I'm really interested to hear the wait, story wait, of wait. what happened to you uh, oh no well, I have had I have Anders. I have yeah. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, okay. So I played, over the summer, I played a uh, tiefling warlock uh, named Anders Creed, who was, uh, I believe, neutral evil? Um, yeah, I think so. He, uh, which, by the way, playing an evil character, don't do it if you're new to the game. That was a mistake of mine. This was only my second campaign, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can play an evil character well. I, they're challenges to role play because uh to a certain degree you got to make them work with the party unless you're gonna split off and do your own adventure which is not fun for anyone um when you when you do that and make the dm kind of have two stories going at once and so i was trying to uh basically the, play this character with motivation that would keep him with the party but then we reached this point in the story in which uh, we were we were fighting these necromancers that were demanding either one of us be killed as a sacrifice, or that um, 
or that we they would kill us all. And the DM had us make an inside check and had us realize that these enemies were way stronger than we were, so if we tried to fight them, it wouldn't work. Well, my evil character, who's all about self-preservation, heard, if one person dies, the rest of you will be just fine. And he was like, okay. They were, like, chanting, like, one must die, one must die. And so I shouted, one it is, and I cast my strongest spell against Mateo's character. (laughs) Who was standing, by the way, on the podium. Like, the reason it was his character was he was standing on the podium that they were trying to sacrifice someone on. And so I make this attack on Mateo's character, and then my character books it when it does not succeed to kill him. Um... And, you know, it, it hits, but it, it didn't kill him. And so I, I start to book it out of this place. And uh, as I pass uh, Mateo's character on the way out, he's able to make an opportunity attack against me, uh, which deals a lot of damage. And then I keep running and I keep running and I, I try to make it out of this place. But there's like, as soon as we activated this necromantic circle, this place filled with a bunch of traps and stuff that were like like blades swinging through doorways, poisonous gas filling the rooms, all this different stuff that was basically making it get out quick or die. Um, And my character uh, failed the constitution save against the poison, so I took damage from that. I failed the uh, acrobatics check to get through the blades, (laughs) so I got sliced up. And after I had attacked him and then tried to run... I died trying to get out of this house. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That is really funny. Yeah, the DM ended up having me come back uh, to life uh, with the penalty of, um, you know, I never got to truly... Yeah, I lost my (laughs) eyes, uh, which gave me disadvantage on persuasion, which sucked because that's, you know, charisma is a warlock's best stat. Um, But... Uh, yeah, that was that was kind of the the penalty for turning against the party, which was something that happened because I didn't know how to play an evil character, and, and I thought, oh, opportunity to betray party must do. <laughs> wow. Um, I guess in my case, mine isn't as cool to be honest, but I was playing this cleric, who it was a light cleric. You can choose like I think there are four like domains as a cleric. It's like mm-hmm. life, light, and then like two other ones that I don't remember. Storm but, and I, I, I don't remember what yeah, the fourth one is. I don't know, Nature, that's what like it is. That. Nature, yeah. So I was a, I was a light cleric, mm-hmm. which meant that if I wanted to have healing spells, I had to choose them, and I mm-hmm. forgot to choose them. No. So I was the most useless cleric ever. Um, my girl's name was Hope. She was a tiefling cleric, and we were fighting. We went to this warehouse, because that's where the trail led, and there were these kenku, which are like bird-like creatures. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started fighting. Well, we rolled for initiative, and I rolled really low. So I went near the end, and I had already taken damage for some reason. I don't remember why. Um, some other encounter, and because I... <laughs> didn't have any healing spells I couldn't heal myself or anyone else so we're fighting these kangu and two of them end up going for me and I had like 10 HP so I got hit and I was knocked unconscious so was another person in our party and to 
like stop you have to do three death saving throws in order to come back alive from being or like to stabilize from being knocked unconscious and to roll those you have to roll a 10 or above and you can add your constitution modifier and that's on the 20-sided die that is on the 20-sided die yeah Yeah, yeah. My constitution, yeah, yeah. My constitution modifier was negative one. Oh no! So I rolled like an eight, and then like a nine, and then an eleven. No, no, not an eleven, because I didn't make any. I didn't succeed any of the times, but I ended up failing all of my death saving throws, and my character ended up dying. But there was literally nothing I could do because they killed me before it was my turn. (laughs) <laughs> and then on my all of my turns, I just had to do this death saving throw. That we had another sucks. person in our party do that as well. Um, so two of our characters died in that session, but we were able to make new characters, and I'm really glad we were because the, the new character that I made was so much better than the old character. Like That's the good. old character didn't have any backstory, but <laughs> my new character has so much backstory. And I swear to God, if she dies in, my, in this campaign, I would cry. <laughs> forever she's like the best character i've ever come up with her like backstory is that she was raised to have this sacred um cleric knowledge and she has to keep it from other people like who might want it and so she got captured on this boat by this like pirate dude and they were like interrogating her trying to find out the information where it was and she wouldn't tell them and then one day she got a like an omen from her god that said you have to burn down the boat and escape so when they ported she burned down the entire boat and escaped and now she's in water deep and it's kind of like the coolest thing ever so whenever we go to the docks i have to roll for stealth to make like to make sure no one can see me like just in case because they're still out there like the Mm -hmm. captain's still alive right yeah but it's kind of crazy but I'm really glad that I was able to make this new character because not only does this new character have a backstory, but this new this new character has healing spells. In fact, she has two of them. <laughs> so I was able That's to save good. my party, but yeah, I did I did have a death. And a it's cool, very disappointing. A cool, yeah, a cool backstory is also a lot of the fun of making characters, and you know, I I had a. Yeah. I had a one one session character that was it was uh, uh, one of the people that's a player in in the campaign that I just wrapped up yesterday uh, wanted to um, start his own campaign um, running uh, the campaign Curse of Strahd. Uh, okay. And so I I made a warlock that um, in in there's a there's a book called Xanathar's Guide to Everything that's basically an expansion on the rules in which they add more content to the game. Uh, and they mm. added a subclass of warlock that was like a healing warlock, and I picked him. Oh, that's um, cool. And I had a, a, writing a cool backstory is part of the fun of of a D and D character. And so I, you know, and and a lot of times it doesn't always have to be you know sad or edgy, but a lot of them end up being <laughs> so, especially uh, me because I love writing sad boys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I made this character as basically a warlock who was previously in another deal. Like he was he was a warlock in his twenties. This guy was in his 40s he was a warlock in his 20s uh for a evil being um that he was like justifying it as i'm using the powers that this evil being is giving me for good so i can uh like i i'm i can justify serving this evil creature well the evil creature had him start doing more and more evil things until eventually he literally was told to burn down a town and he did it 
Um, and wow. like then looking at the fiery wreckage, like, oh my gosh, I was so proud of this story. He was like looking at the fiery wreckage and had this complete breakdown moment in which he's like, I can't do this. The evil he's making me do is outweighing the good that I'm doing in my own time. And so he basically calls out and, and sends a prayer out to literally anybody who will help him to help him get out of this agreement. And so this archangel shows up and he's like, let's do this. And then, you know, the the uh, uh, blah, 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 the patron deity that's like the bad one uh, realizes what's happening, shows up and they have to battle him and they barely escape with their life. They don't they don't kill the evil deity because that's like really difficult to do. But they just basically are able to fight him until they have an opportunity to just barely get out of it with their lives and so now he serves this uh the the god that this archangel serves uh the god tear and he he served like 20 years as a as a healing priest and now he's going out as an as a healing adventurer and that's just so much fun and i played him personality wise as like he's done so much like hurt that he just wants to see everyone be okay all the time and so he's basically i made him the mom friend (laughs) (laughs) that's funny and it was so fun to play out there was a point where uh one of the where the rogue like decided to just you know buck wild go to an area of this place we were in without anybody else in the party like he took a shortcut that none of us could take because none of us fit in it and my character like panicked and started like he he was going up a dumb waiter to to another floor of a house and my character panicked and he was like wait 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 and so I, I got to have this moment in which I was like the entire party hears me shout wait 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 as I run up the stairs and then just slowly hears it faded wait 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 and it was oh my gosh just so much fun to play that character and I'm so I'm so sad that I never got to play him again. Well. Well. This has been fun. Thank you for sharing your stories. Yeah, it was um, a good, good time, good storytelling. Absolutely. If I could, just before we, we wrap up, just lobby for the beauty that is this game. Um, a lot of people kind of view it as... Not sponsored, by the way. Um, <laughs> a, a more... <laughs> yeah, not not sponsored. A, a, a very nerdy thing that's only for people who are like super nerds. I strongly disagree. Uh, this game is something that can literally just be whatever you and your friends want it to be. You get to live another life. You get to you know put yourself into any world you want. It doesn't have to be the fantasy setting. So um, it's a great thing to just do with friends to to get some laughs, get some fun, and to if you ever like telling a story, it is so cool to get to craft your own story in which you live out the life of the character strongly recommend it i don't think there's very many people that wouldn't enjoy it if they tried it and so it's yeah so sure. everybody go sure. play dnd if you have i didn't think I, I didn't think i was gonna like it at, at first but i ended up really liking it so yeah thank you so much for for coming in and talking to us lucas yeah thanks for having yeah, me thank you <clears throat> we appreciate, appreciate it. it a lot yeah um, well thank you for watching this episode or listening to this episode of our work in progress our um, if you want to check us out on twitter our twitter is at our whip that is o-u-r-w-i-p yeah what she said <laughs> dot com wait all of our all of our other <clears throat> link not dot com no not all, dot of our, com. <laughs> <laughs> all of our other links are um pinned on our profile so if you want to check us out on other platforms but yeah thank you for listening we really join our discord it. do join it join our discord yeah we'd love to have you here 
But thank you yeah, for listening. We, we love all of you and appreciate all of your support. You guys are good. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>